You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've been pushing you on the YouTube show, and we still want you to go subscribe to YouTube, but we're not on there tonight. Um, Our software is being used by the Avs guys after a tough loss to the Dallas Stars tonight, so we are not available on that. And Adam, has he's going on himself a little vacation for All-Star, so you're going to have me the rest of the week. I'll have some guests, and we'll recap the Warriors game and do a bunch of stuff um, taking us through the weekend here on Locked on Nuggets. All-Star break is basically here. One more game for Denver. And as we approach All-Star... Adam and I thought it would be a good time for us to kind of do a check-in and do some interrogation. I mean, <laughs> interviewing. There we wow. go. That's a better wow. word for interviewing of one another. So uh, Adam was like, why don't we do uh, both of us come up with five questions for the other one? So we're going to do Adam's questions first and then my questions. And these are just five questions about the Nuggets in whatever kind of capacity that we, that we want. So Adam, uh, I will let you begin. My first question for you, Matt. Will one week be enough? For Jokic to take off. I'm asking this question under the premise that Jokic looks pretty exhausted. Michael Malone says he's exhausted. He's got all-star weekend, but he's basically gets one week off. Is that going to be enough for him to re-energize for the rest of the year? No, it's not. I think the difference though, is that the players don't, it's not necessarily like you go into all-star and you rest and you're fixed. it's that it's a it's a momentary respite just for you to catch your breath and you'll come back and you'll still be tired because you played a lot of basketball but there does come a point where even though you've been doing it right it doesn't it doesn't always sometimes it does it doesn't always get worse and Mm. you do pick up once you get to about mid-march when you're like oh the playoffs are a month away like we're like four weeks out we got like, like 15 games left guys do pick up then like i've asked this question a lot and it's been funny you know malone referred to this as like the dog days i've asked this question a lot through the years of different players and coaches of when do you think the dog days are and some think it's before the all-star break it's that stretch between january that'd be my guess yeah i I actually lean a little bit away from that and the reason i say that um is i think maybe that's the better way to say it is that's the hardest part for the players I think that's the hardest part in terms of when the fatigue really sets in, but the games in January, you had the first two months to get through whatever first couple months of adversity hits you and you figure out who you are and December, you're still kind of working through that a little bit. January is really, I think where a lot of the teams are like, this is like who we are. Like Mm. we are, we've separated themselves out into like, you're a good team. We're a pretty good team. We're a bad team. Those type of things. My, my big thing is that, after the all-star break, I think some teams are gunning and some teams are like the Suns are going to take off in March. They're going to start easing down because they got nothing left to play for. Like they're done, right? Yeah. They're, they're basically chilling until the playoffs, Six games, but teams yeah. in the play-in, this is where the play-in is like really changed things. And I Denver's agree. in this mix because they're so close to the play-in yeah. is you have to like, you have to put any, I think it's good because it does give you a reason as much as the players hate it because of the, the threat I think it's good that it, it gives you a sense of urgency. It's like, no, no, no. Like we got to go in this game. There are a half game. Like we're a game up on the seven seed. I do not want to have to be in a one game environment versus whoever. Right. 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 And to, and to have my entire season, everything that we've worked for, we decided by this one game. So right. I think that that's good. 
Um, so I, my ultimate answer for this is, no, I don't think that this is going to fix his fatigue, but it'll get him enough through it to where he can find a groove again and maybe rediscover some energy, even in the middle of the last stretch run of 20 games. My perspective on it is this season, you talk about the dog days. I think they're different for Denver this year because they're just been in purgatory. I mean, honestly, very little of what has happened this entire season really matters for like what Denver is going to be. It just matters. Did you win? Did you lose? Did anybody get hurt? And you're kind of at this point, And I think Denver has felt that way all year. <clears throat> there's been little ebbs and flows, you know, like the bone saga and, you know, different Davon Reed arrives and DeMarcus cousins. But I think for the most part, the season has just been sort of a holding pattern and that'll wear on you. I think Jokic, I don't think one week's going to be enough, enough for him to get off. But I do think the season is going to race by in the back half. When they come back from this break, there's going to be so many things that happen, um, including updates on, you know, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter and, and all of that. And the standings, every game are going to get intense and where everybody is. So that's why I think that even though he'll be tired, it's going to feel shorter because it's going to be meaningful for the first time. I agree with that. What's your second question? Let's do one more before we go break. Question number two, will DeMarcus Cousins be on the roster at the end of the year? Well, that's a really good one. I'll say, yeah, I don't know that there's going to be anybody better. I don't know if Orlando is going to buy out Robin Lopez. And if they do, I don't know if he's taking a minimum deal for Denver. Mm. Right. So ideally, I think actually like that's what they would use the disabled player exception on is you throw the 2.6 million at, at Robin Lopez and go like, Hey, you know, you're already getting paid from Orlando. You make an extra 2.6. You get to compete on a, a good team and you'll have a definite role. However, at some level, I do think that like Malone, I think this matters to Malone. I, do I don't too, know how much, sure. matters, yeah. but I don't know how much it should matter to Malone, but it does. Right. Yeah. Like DeMarcus was so pivotal for Malone getting the credibility to get hit a second job right right and he has always felt like there was unfinished business because of their success before boogie picked up a staff infection um so it was a staff it was either a staff infection. no i can't we keep mixing this up i can't remember what it was um i can't remember yeah it was it was a a weird fluke thing yeah and he was out a couple weeks and they fired him and so I think that this matters to him. And I do think that while you don't necessarily tailor a lot to your coach, like he matters, like he matters to the organization. And um, I think if you ask Malone about any of the other options, he's going to lean towards cousins. Like that's the guy that he's going to want. And, you know, I don't, I don't love this conversation for a number of reasons, but I think after the JaVale debacle, if you want to say, if you want to call it that, uh, it is fair to be like, well, I got to give him one. He's going to actually play since I can't <laughs> trust him with another guy. Yeah. I can't trust him with a better player. And I know he'll play cousins and we needed the big. So okay. I tend to think, yes, I think, especially with with his performance last night, he seems to be getting a little bit better every day. He doesn't, I don't know what the impact is in the locker room. I'm always going to be cautious with cousins. He's a lot to deal with. Um, he's not going to change. But the guys seem to like him. You That's can the like kicker for me. Not- That's the key for me is I just, a lot of players have come out and either endorsed him or just kind of given positive reviews of him. 
And I think, and that's the thing. And look, I know that doesn't paint the whole story, but yeah. it does mean something that like Joker said, yeah. I was wrong about him. It does mean something that, who was it at the podium this last game that said they like being around him? So, well, and I also think like, look, um, <clears throat> they are kind of, the, the, it's funny, this, the Nuggets a couple of years ago, 2017-ish, were kind of the island of misfit toys. And a little bit now, too just they've got austin rivers <laughs> yeah and they've got demarcus cousins and those are two guys who were you know not stars but starters like cousins was a star they were big time but were also extremely divisive personalities yeah and they've been here and they seem to have a different perspective from what they've gone through the last couple of years i would love to be in the locker room to i know these things yeah. For the 30, you know, the five, 10, 15 minutes that we get access. I just think it's important, but yeah. I can't. Right. So we can only, I think to that, to, to your point, we can even, even at practice the other day, Boogie was not on the roster for that two day stretch where they had a practice. So yeah. we didn't even get to see him at the practice. Yeah. So um, I think to your point, all we can go off of is what we have and the information we have is positive. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, one uh, other thing real quick. One, one, one quick yeah. thing I'll say is, I don't know if you noticed this because it like went so under the radar, but do you know who just signed with the Grand Rapids gold yesterday or today? I can't remember which one it was. I missed it. Who? Isaiah Thomas back with the gold. So another Michael Malone, uh, for, former favorite. Um, they, 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 can't, they just can't quit Isaiah. <laughs> so there you go. Can't quit Isaiah. I, you know, I, I often say what Denver really needs is a small <laughs> buggy point guard. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back. And we will continue our questions as we head into the all-star break. We'll do that when we come back on Locked on Nuggets. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Not just basketball, BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for making Locked on Nuggets your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Second segment here with Adam Mara is going through our five questions going into the all-star break. Adam, what's question number three? Well, we get an update. on. I want to say, sorry, this feels a little dating game-ish. Just it's a <laughs> contested number one. There you go. Will we get some duck. kind of update on Jamal Murray next week? Yeah, I'll say it. I think so. I think we'll probably get start in contact. Now, no. this, this gives the training staff a lot of credit here <clears throat> and what i mean by that is this training staff hates me specifically like, <laughs> out of the entire universe those guys hate me more than anyone else and they just love to never ever ever think hey you know what i should do we started doing this i should tell nick o'hare head of pr so he can let the media know that this was a thing <laughs> they don't do that um you're in a situation now where you're managing a couple of things. We're going to keep asking. Right. And the more information you give us, <clears throat> the longer we will go before asking you again. Right. And so if you come out on Tuesday 
and go, just put out a press release that says Jamal Murray begins contact practice. You could actually even hedge it better. You could almost say, we're hoping that we can have Jamal Murray doing contact drills within the next week. <laughs> like yeah. you could almost do something like that, that buys you a long way. Like, oh, well, they're expecting contact soon. Like, okay. Yeah. And we'll react to that and talk about that. And we're, we won't follow up every day with, has Jamal started contact yet? Next day, has Jamal started contact? Like, we're not going to do that, right? <clears throat> so it's going to be asked. So. First practice, it will be asked. It's like, it's time. Yeah. Um, they're going to fight on this. I can already tell. They've just, I think what they really, I will say this. It would not surprise me if their intention <laughs> is to be like, no, no, no. Like, we're not going to say anything. And then he's just going to pop up on questionable on the injury report. And it's just like, I don't know if that's reasonable given how much interest there is. The other thing I would say is um, if you're listening to this Nuggets organization, which I think some of you are, uh, I would strongly recommend getting out in front of it. And the reason I would say that is it's fine to be like, you know what? We don't want to put limitations on him. We don't want to like set him in. We don't want to be like, he's going to do this. But you do want to make sure the fans are aware of when he's going to play because they deserve a chance to get tickets to try and get right. in the building because that is going to be a night. Right. You got to do it at home too. If they return him in an away game, I swear to God. <laughs> they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. By the way, um, we're doing over at DNVR a party bus and, also, uh, and ticket sale for the 26th, which is against Sacramento. I hope he's back by then, but you never know. It always, always could be the game he comes back, which would be incredible. Oh, that'd be amazing. He can come back just in time to troll Michael Malone by having them lose to the Kings <laughs> so again. True. It's be great. It's so true. Uh, my next back. question for you. Everybody keeps talking about MVP, MVP, MVP. It's almost time, Matt. My rule of not talking about the MVP till after the All-Star break, we're almost there for me to start making my case. But rather than think about MVP, because I actually think Joel Embiid has the inside track, just <clears throat> record and everything else. But do you think Jokic will be first team All-NBA? Oh boy. This one might, by the way, have, I don't know what Jokic's incentives are because I know he had $5 million worth of incentives. I wonder if that's one of them. I will say yes. And the reason I will say yes is I do, I, I do think he's going to win MVP. You think Jokic's going to win the MVP? I think Jokic's going to win MVP. I, I don't. I don't um i listen to the voters like i listen to all of these um podcasts with all the national and like there's a few guys that i think are going to consider him but there's a lot of people that are just not considering him i think the issue is that nobody's really looked at the standings and eventually they're gonna go like wait denver's seven games over 500 uh denver's at 25 losses and the philadelphia 76ers after their 48 point blowout loss to the boston celtics tonight are at 22 I think that's a manageable, catchable distance. I think that the Sixers, I think the Sixers may have peaked. Yeah, I, I wonder honestly about that. Here's the funniest part about, because I went through actually in preparation for starting to talk about the MVP. The 76ers have four wins without Embiid. Literally the difference between the Nuggets and 76ers come down to games they won when he did not play. Yep. So crazy to me. Uh, doesn't Denver have Denver has one without Yoke? They have one without Jokic. I went through, so you'd find this interesting. The numbers have changed. This was as of yesterday, but the Nuggets are one and ten in the eleven games Jokic was a negative. 
that's the fewest games a player has been negative out of Giannis, Chris Paul, John Morant, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, like all the candidates. That's the fewest games of being a negative. And it's also the fewest games the team, uh, your team has won when you were a negative. And then he also has the fewest games your team has won without you in the lineup. So like all of this comes down to say, it really is just what happens when he's not on the court that has separated him, Jokic from all these other teams, other yes. than of course, Phoenix. And the reason I kind of think that that matters is I think over the course of the season, over the full 82 games, that's going to bear out. I think that Could be. that's yeah. a big reason. Like if you look at the, record when they have Jokic if you look at the point differential right when Jokic is on the floor like all of these things suggest that the Nuggets will likely catch Philadelphia my um, thing now, also about DeMarcus Cousins has been like he's 7-0 when he plays but they've played mostly really bad teams and I'm not trying to take away from him but Denver playing a lot of bad teams means the bench is more likely to be a minus five or less because when you play bad teams your bench doesn't lose by as many points so it also stands to reason that the Nuggets can pick up some of these games going down the stretch that, you know. That there are supposed. a number of twists and turns that the story can still take. Steph can still go bonkers over the second half of the season. Like if Steph just like, if Steph has a month where he just returns to Steph Curry form, it's going to be like, okay, I know he wasn't good for two months. But, but his peak is the so two high. Seed. Yeah, his peak is so high. When they, they go yeah. on a 15-game win streak and they beat everybody by 15 points, it's like, okay. Um, and B could get hurt again because he has those issues. Like that's just durability is a problem with him. On the other hand, Harden could come in and they could win 10 in a row. Right. Like there's just like a lot to decide still. But if you're asking me from a probabilistic standpoint, I think so. I'll, but to the original key question, I would tell you that I do think that the voters will give the MVP, the first team all NBA nod. Okay. So whoever it is, we'll get that one. Okay. Yes. My last one for you. Will the Nuggets finish a top five offense? They are currently ninth in offensive rating, 13th in defensive rating. There's an outside shot. The Nuggets will be top 10 in both, which would be hilarious. Um, but with all these home games left, Jamal Murray coming back, maybe Michael Porter, will the Nuggets be a top five offense? There's, there's such a better team than the fan base feels like they are right now. I know, like I know. like <laughs> the gap between the perception, even amongst its fans of this team and how they are is, and it's like, well, yeah, but that's because of Jokic. And I, my response is yes. That's how it usually goes when you have the most valuable player yeah. is he tends to make your team pretty good. That's how yeah. that works. Um, no, they won't. Uh, that's too far. I have a bar. I think, I think if you look at it's one point per hundred possessions, they'd have to catch up. That's a lot in a short amount of time to catch. Um, I want to see what their adjusted is. Um, yeah, they're adjusted is actually top 10. They're ninth and adjusted over dunks and threes, which is how I prefer now. Cause it factors it by strength of schedule. Okay. Um, but they're not going to catch Utah. They're not going to catch Phoenix. They're not going to catch Atlanta. Don't think they're going to catch Chicago. Ooh, I don't know. Mm, now I'm reconsidering. I know it is kind of close. Memphis's half court is not great. And they're less than a point, but they're about a point above. Minnesota, Milwaukee, Miami. I feel well. No, I'll, I'll say no because I think Brooklyn's down at eleventh, and I think that like KD comes back and they shoot back up, and they have like five games where they're at one seventeen. So could be, yeah. I'll say I'll say no. Okay, you ready for mine? Let's do it. Okay. Um, the first question I have is, what do you realistically expect to be the Nuggets' playoff outcome? What is your just like? 
this is probably where the train ends. This is probably where the bucks buck ends. This is honestly the hardest question. Cause I don't, most years I have a pretty strong take about it. Like I, I feel, I just don't, because that question really comes down to two things. I have no insight into, which is what does Jamal Murray look like when he comes back? And does Michael Porter come back? And, and what does he look like? The team is currently constructed, I think would get smoked. Um, actually not smoked. They would play Memphis very tough. And I think they would lose. Um, but if you gave me Jamal Murray back and he was reasonably good, I think they would beat them. And I think that's where they are, 6-3. I think that's probably the likeliest outcome with somehow Dallas just keeps winning. And this was a game they won tonight against at Miami that you kind of counted. When you looked at their last 20 games, you said, okay, they're going to lose that one. They're going to lose this one. They won it. It's going to be hard. So I would say it's so hard. I'll bet on Jamal Murray being just good enough for that to be a, a seven-game series that they win and then losing the second round to uh, Golden State. But if Jamal Murray's not back, like if he's if he's just not a positive impact player the way he needs to be, then I I don't think Denver gets past uh, Memphis. Here's 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 why I'm in a spot. I don't hate their matchup versus Denver or versus Memphis or Golden State. I don't either with the healthy team. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say second round in the tough, a tough loss to Golden State, where it's like, man, if Porter was, if Porter and Jamal were just healthy, yada, yada, yada. I just wouldn't rule out. I, I do not think a conference finals appearance is out of the question for this team. Look, I mean, remarkable with where they're at. If the Nuggets had a healthy Jamal and Michael Porter, I just would be so high on this team. I'd say, like, hey, Phoenix, Denver, let's go. Like, that's 50 50. We're going to see what happens. These are two great teams, hard to guard. I just, we're, but any question about Denver's outcome this year is all about something we just have no insight to. And that is what does Jamal Murray look like on April 20th? I don't know what he looks like right now. Number two, let's, well, let's, let's go right there. This actually dovetails nicely. Um, What are you most excited about with Jamal's return? What's the thing that when you think about Jamal coming back that you're most excited about? Honestly, the energy. I, I, this is a weird one. It's the energy. I just, there's this thing hanging. This is why Denver's been in purgatory is because there's this thing hanging over their head that is that none of this matters. Like how well Monte Morris performs in the starting lineup doesn't matter other than can he just survive and win enough games. And I feel like when Murray gets back in many ways, it feels like the start of the season. It's like, okay, now whether he's good or bad, now we at least know what it is we're trying to build and what you're trying to work towards. So to me, it's just the energy, the excitement that finally the season will be real. The feeling of playing with Jamal is going to be way better than the reality of playing with Jamal, but that's going to impact also their ability to win. Yeah, I think so too. I think he will bring a very positive energy. And like we saw this with Clay Thompson, that great energy, his first game. The next one, a little clunky as you try to man- um, you know, navigate that. But once you, they hit their stride, Clay Thompson brings the Golden State Warriors an energy that just like brings them to life. And I think Jamal Murray will bring a similar thing. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll finish up the questions here on five questions with Adam before he goes on vacation. We'll do that when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first, I need to tell you about, oh, yes, it's that time. It's that time for Built Bar. Have you tried the puffs from Built Bar? Because they're amazing. They're marshmallowy. They're marshmallows. They're protein-infused marshmallow. What can't science do? They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. 
Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like banana cream pie, coconut marshmallow, and churro. You're going to love them. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, like all of the Built Bars, and they're all low-calorie, high-protein. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which is usually got around 240 calories and 30 grams of sugar. You got mint brownie and coconut, coconut almonds. My new favorite is the white chocolate cookies and cream. All of them are delicious and they're good for you. Check them out at built.com. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Final segment here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for making Locked on Nuggets your first listen each and every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. We're doing some questions. Adam asked me five. I'm asking him five. And I'm going to go to my third question. Um, we got a lot of new listeners, right? We there's, okay. there's a lot of old listeners. There's a lot of listeners that have been here from the beginning. But a lot of new listeners. We picked up folks along the way. Why do you love Nikola Jokic's game so much? <laughs> I've answered, I love this question, even though I've answered it, I think, a few times. <clears throat> I love the game of basketball. I love it. I think it's interesting. And there's nothing, if you like something, there's nothing better than when you discover something new about it. And that's what Jokic is. It's like he discovered a new way of playing basketball that I had never seen before. And it's like, wow, there's so much more to the game that I didn't realize. And I feel like it, um, I, I'm also, I've, I've said this before. It's funny that I used to say back in my day, I used to play like Jokic. I was a big man who would kind of run the break and led the team in passing this or that. But Jokic's like so much like infinitely better, not just like even relative to like, I'm talking about at my, you know, low, low level college level than him at the NBA, but even relative to that, he's so much better because he's also one of the best scorers in the, not just a great passer, great scorer, but the way he's like, showed this brand new way of playing basketball that I wish I had when I was a kid. It would have given me something to like aspire to. That's why I like it. It feels like I'm rediscovering basketball when I watch him play. I'm rediscovering it for the first time. That's a really nice answer. Uh, what is there anything that the Joker can get better? Oh man, yeah, for sure. Le I mean, I honestly think there are two very, very obvious things. One is leadership. I think he's trying I think he's slowly working there and it's going to be a great story him over the next two, three years to see if he does make the, the appropriate leaps in that department, but a more tangible thing to me, it's his three point shot. It's sometimes there. It's sometimes not, but if he's undeniable from the three point line, as in you just can't let him shoot threes. Cause right now I think teams are like run out at him, challenge him, but the given space, if, if it's, you can't let him get free from the three point line then I don't think you can stop him. And he will not. I, and I think at that point, if he's a 40% three point shooter that you just can't give space to, I think he is a good enough player that the margin for error is so big. I'd be shocked if he didn't win a championship. If the nuggets reach the second round, so they get past the first round, should Michael Mullen get an extension this summer? Yes. Okay. If they make it to the second round this year, yes. I mean, it's, it's not always that black and white because it, it does depend on how it happens like they play the memphis grizzlies and john morant blows out his acl in game one okay like you, you at that point you better win that series like then it becomes you know you need to but if it's like a hard-fought series with all the things that they did and they make it into the second round i think you look at that and say this team is 
you know, survived a lot of tough things, um, he probably earns that extension. If they do not make it out of the first round, should Michael Malone get an extension? It's tough. Um, Let's say they lose in six games to Utah. It's what's so hard about this, Matt, is no coach coaches in the final year. That would bring its own distraction next season. It would hang over everything in a very negative way and I think would absolutely impact the season. That being said, I think the Cronkies would just have to be in a situation where they would probably need to offer him at least a one-year extension. So he has those two years left, knowing that that if for whatever reason they're not fully bought into him, they're willing to eat that extra year they just gave him. I think that's just like the cost of doing business. What do you think? I don't know. I, really I don't, don't either. I really don't either. And the reason I don't know, like I, and as a guy that has been high on Malone since he got here, I've been impressed with him each and every year. I think he's a great playoff coach. I can point to specific things that he's done to get past various coaches. This has been a really rough year. And you never like steps backward are really tough when you haven't won a title. You can take a step backwards if you're like the Mavericks, right? You win a title and it's like, okay, we take a step backward, but we got Rick and Rick, Rick was the title, whatever. I don't know. I'll say this. I don't know that there's a better coach. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know that there's a better coach for this yeah. team. I don't. I think... I think it's easy to look at the way that Jokic plays and, and Malone's kind of the things that he has talked about, but all of the success the team has had has come under Malone for whatever reason, like whether he stumbled into it or not, they've, they've been successful. And on some level, I think it would be unfair. It doesn't really matter. I think it would be a mistake to not believe that Malone can do it. I just think that that would be wrong. The only difference is that you never can tell when a coach reached that point where the players just have tuned him out. Yeah. You never know. Terry Stotts was great in Portland. Yeah. He was, he was great. Not great in playoffs. Like there's just like a lot of evidence for that. They had a couple of they they had a Western conference finals run too. Right. Um, but I also just don't where... buy that their team was better than what they were in the playoffs. That's the thing about the about Portland. Yeah, the thing was with with Stotts is like he got a lot out of them, but there was also by midseason last year there was kind of an acknowledgement of like the players have kind of moved on. But it's and also players also move on because the team had moved on. I think I, I'm not look. Yeah. I don't know the dynamic in Portland. What I'm saying is that team had expired. Yeah. And he did he do also a bad job? Maybe did the team players tune him out? Yeah, but also like he was, you know, sitting duck in, in many ways. I don't yeah, know if Michael so Malone. A really I really don't one. know that. I, um, don't, I really don't know. It's tough. There are often times where I wonder what this team would look like with a different coach, with a different perspective. I definitely don't think Michael Malone is one of these sort of new age Nick Nurse, Steve Kerr, even Ty Lue types that is like very outside the box thinking. But at the same time, he brings qualities that are undeniable in terms of keeping the team together. Everybody speaks highly of it. Like Austin Rivers' comments are not that old. Um, you know, there hasn't been a ton of infighting. Like there's still a lot, so many positives to him. And then 
yes, they have gotten better every single year until this one. And this one was impossible for them to get better. And they've had so much success. Like they just, they haven't been knocked out of the first round. Right. That's right. wild. Do you know how hard that is when you're I mean, not like one of the like super teams? You remember Draymond Green had comments a year ago or so where he said like Denver's always prepared, like their scouting reports are always, you can always tell their guys know what's supposed to be have. Like, I just remember comments like that where I think like, okay, you know, I don't know. It's a really tough question. Moving on from a coach at the right time and or staying with a coach at the right time is the hardest thing in, in sports. I mean, I think, I think back to the Eric Spolstra first year with the Heatles. And I remember as a fan thinking they got to fire that guy. They got to do it. He's a good coach for some people, but not for these superstars. And look at the, what's happening with LeBron. And you go, you fast forward 10 years, he's probably the best coach or second best one top three coach easily in the NBA right now. And has done it with all these different teams. Like the knowing yeah. when and when not to make that move is so, so hard. The other thing I say is um, I hope I want it to work out. Me too. Badly. It's a better story. Like I, I just think it would be great for him to become that kind of an institution in Denver. Like no question known as the coach in Denver, right? Like to put him on that level because there's Doug Moe, there's George, there's Larry Brown, right? There's Larry Brown. Um, but Larry's him. got like, Larry's got like eight, right? Like Larry, yeah, yeah. Larry's He's got bigger. like 15 teams. You know, He's, yeah, he's bigger but, than just Denver. But like, there's a there's a window there for for Malone to be Denver's guy, like the one that brought the title, and that would be a, an incredible story. And I'll I'll say this: I don't know. There, there's a lot of coaches that are basically like they're former players that don't know what else to do. They don't know how to leave the game. And there's a lot of guys that are like there because like they're good at it. Um, I would I, just my personal experience. Malone wants it as much oh. as anybody, as much as anybody. Like he no question. wants to be a champion. So, um, okay, it's gonna wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. That'll do it for Adam for this week. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow night. I'll give you a recap after we'll do a live show after the Warriors game. So make sure to check out, subscribe to the YouTube channel, turn on notifications for that. Uh, I'll be back on probably Thursday. I'll probably wrangle one of the local folks in here to talk nuggets with me going into the break. Uh, I'll probably have a show on Friday breaking down uh, Jokic's comments from All-Star and just whatever extemporaneous All-Star stuff there is to talk about. And then on Sunday, uh, I'll give you a complete review of Jokic's game and the All-Star game completely out of my imagination because I'm not watching the All-Star game because I hate, hate, hate the All-Star game. And it should be abolished and shot in space they should just play three on three or have cartoons play but you guys have a great week adam enjoy your vacation buddy thanks buddy. well earned hard earned and we'll see you guys again next time